Oh, she's walking yeah, over yeah. there. So what were you saying about it? Having a bunny is like what? It's it's kind of like having a cat and dog in the sense that they're, they are a lot of work and they live very long. They require a lot of attention, but they can be very loving, very energetic, playful. Do they take more work than cats? Like, can you leave them alone, you know, in your apartment without being there? Or is it more like well, a dog lazy. where you have to, like, take them out? They can poop on their own. I mean. Right, so they're litter box trainable. Um, and, I mean, they do need attention every day. But How much, like 10, 20 I got a rabbit from them. I I rescued a rabbit, and I thought it was going to be in the cage. It owns the house, and it lives, and it goes in the litter box. Never, I never had a poop on the floor. And um, does it's it have the a best. personality? My rabbit has the best personality. Oh, oh yes, so they're very loving. And, and his name is Mr. Rabbit. And they run around. Lives, sleeps by my bed. Oh my really God. Nice. Do they yeah, shed a lot? The wires. They eat wires. But well, dogs eat wires too. So. Yeah, so. And cats, cats, cats will dig cats furniture. I mean, it's an animal. And in terms of shedding, it depends on the breed. So one of my rabbits molts, so she said she sheds seasonally, whereas my other one sheds all the time, but doesn't go through big molting so which one is the less shedding? I'm sorry. Kind of like this one. It depends. Like what I do you call it? Like molting. Molting. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, one of my rabbits sheds seasonally. Aren't there? Isn't there a machine that you can kind of get get the keep the hair to a minimum and like donate it someplace? I don't know. I heard that. Like, you really just use like a rabbit. They make fur off of it, or yeah. uh, not fur. Or, what do you call it? Like wool. wool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can comb the fur and everything. Oh my god. How about, can we adopt this, this one here? This was spiritual and quiet. Oh my God, Biscuit. Biscuit, I'm here. I'm, my cat is part rabbit. No, <laughs> no cats. No, 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 no. I think cats have a similar strain to rabbits because their feet are the same. And they hide their feet. There's a lot of similar with the ears and everything. So I'm like checking out his cousins here. It's so cute. Biscuit, I'm here with your cousins. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I have a little bunny at home just like you. Look at you. Look at you. Hello. 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 Oh my goodness. Do you have a card? Oh yeah, here, great. Thank Once you so much. Once somebody gets to know you, they can be handled more and be pet more. It's just that, oh, wonderful. you know, with so many strangers, oh, yeah. a little nervous. Shy. But you can see Abbott is completely comfortable right now. Oh. Nap time. For, for people who work. Where, so you, people donate, you know, they say, oh, I found this rabbit. Yeah, well. Is that what happened? Yeah. You're like the ASPCA of rabbits. And they'll, yeah, we'll get calls um, or they'll see on the, the Instagram or website and they'll call Vivian and say there's a rabbit. So if you're in the New York City rabbit. area and you find a rabbit, you can, you can look up. Uh, um. Good morning, ladies and gents. Uh, we got a fun show planned for you today. A lot of little interesting little pieces. Um, yeah. So the first one that we're going to go into is this incredible tasting cheese um, that I found out about uh, from a great little restaurant uh, in Manhattan. 
And this cheese is called halloumi. And it is the most delicious little cheese that you will eat. Um, you know what? Let me look it up so I can give you a little background on it. But it's like a savory version. Uh, it's a white cheese. Um, and it's very savory. Um, and it tastes amazing on sandwiches. Um, the restaurant that I usually get it from, gosh, I cannot remember the name of them, but if you like portobello mushroom sandwiches, this halloumi is like the most delicious stuff that you ever will eat. Um, so halloumi is a semi-hard, unripened brined cheese made from a mixture of goat's and sheep's milk and sometimes also cow's milk. It has a high melting point and so it can easily be fried or grilled. So it's not gonna melt like uh, like a cheddar cheese or an American cheese. Um, it goes through the same process with Rene as uh, Parmesan I believe. Although no acid producing bacteria are used in this preparation. Well that's a good thing. Halloumi is often associated with the island of Cyprus, where it has been produced by a multi-ethnic population for centuries. It's very popular throughout the region broadly known as the Levant, um, and it became widely, widely available. Gosh, I really like that song for the summer. Uh, it's a song called Feels. It's such a great groove. Anyway, um... It became wildly available in Turkey after 2000. Uh, demand in the United Kingdom has surpassed that in every other European country except Cyprus. This stuff makes sandwiches banging. Okay? Forget your other cheese. And I think it actually lasts longer. Um, and so I was trying to get my hands on halloumi. I live out in the middle of nowhere. And I did not know, you know, I just placed on my little wish list, uh, some halloumi, um, but I actually ended up getting, receiving some cheese from Colombia and some other South American countries that is very much like halloumi. I think it's the South American version of halloumi. Nazism, real fascism, Nazism, not what they try to tell you now. Um, this baloney narrative, um, equating, um, um, uh, detaining people at a border where they're begging to get in <laughs> to Nazi Germany concentration camps. And he has said to AOC um, that we would like you to come and tour these camps so you really see what a concentration camp is. She refused, calling it a right-wing agenda, using it as a media bite. Okay, I mean, you can't get more loopy and messed up than she is. But um, basically, his, his Ed Mossberg's answer to her, 93-year-old survivor of concentration camps in Germany, he was from Poland, um, he said that she should get the Nobel Prize in stupidity, that she should be removed from Congress. She's spreading anti-Semitism, hatred, and stupidity. Um, he said, the people on the border aren't forced to be there. They go there on their own will. If someone doesn't know the difference, either they're playing stupid or they just don't care. Very well said. And um, I'll link the article to that below uh, because it's really uh, so disturbing when you have people. His mother um, was injected with benzene um, into her heart. 
until she was dead, okay, and then set on fire. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is the reality of the Nazi experimentation camps. Um, the, the whole nine yards of death, torture, and destruction versus just having a natural national border, um, as any country does, to protect its integrity. Now we've got, I hope, sorry about the, there's some noise. So, okay, we will, uh, I, there's so much I could say there because I could just talk about how the experiment, experimentation continues. They've extended um, uh, the camp in a way to be the medical system, the, um, all of the different institutions have actually become one big giant prison planet system, but um, I won't go there now. Uh, but I did want to let people know there's an interesting situation here with reparations um, that hasn't been talked about much. But we have the Dutch National Railway Company, NS, um, saying last Wednesday that it is going to pay reparations to Jews and Roma and Sinti gypsies who it transported to camps in the Netherlands during World War II. Okay, and that from there is where they were sent to Nazi concentration camps. So this is an interesting take on the reparations um, situation. Um, NS President Director Rogier von Boxtel said the move will affect thousands of Holocaust survivors and the direct family of victims and cost the company tens of millions of dollars. NS said its role in transporting Jews and other minorities to camps on orders of Nazi occupiers during World War II is a black page in the history of the company. So I thought that that was interesting as far as it being a company that is paying reparations. Now, if this was Monsanto Bear, if this was Bear, uh, IG Farben, um, being called on to pay reparations for all of the um, genocide they created, um, if it was, you know, many, many of the companies who now are the um, leading companies that are um, creating this prison planet system. It's very interesting looking at reparations that way. It's very different than trying to claim this amorphous reparations scenario that they're doing here in the U.S. around um, descendants of slaves that has nothing to do with the actual um, slaveholder economic system. They're doing that through socialist backdooring it has nothing to do with the actual reality of um, getting reparations from the right place to the right people. So interesting taking that, um, that route around Big Corp and having the railroad pay the reparations. This rabbit rescue here, all about rabbits rescue. And call Vivian at 347-993-2300 and get yourself a rabbit. I'm so in love. We're oh in about once a month in College Point. Okay. And uh, well, I'm not always there, but Vivian will bring more rabbits too. She'll have quite a, you know, an assortment. We rabbits aren't just for Easter. No, just now we're saying no. Chocolate bunnies for Easter. Right. Our rabbits are year round. Oh, so cute. Get a chocolate bunny for Easter and a rabbit's love. Hello. Oh my gosh, so much like my cat. Now, I must admit, thank you. I must admit, the ones with the red eyeballs are a little bit scary. Uh, I, I love 
animals. I just love them. I don't know what it is about them that um, they just have an effect on me where I it could be any kind of mood that I'm in and as soon as I'm around them I just get in touch with like the ancestors I don't know what it is about them but um, I just feel really blessed to be out here today you know I'm in heaven because I'm surrounded by trees and I don't, this park very very spiritual place um this is like the second or third time that I've come to perform for this event and um every time that I've come I've been in a uh milestone of a stage in terms of me figuring out uh a lot of things spiritual questions that I had and also questions of uh you know, past life stuff that I was remembering, but not uh, seeing the entire significance of. And if you are on that search to find out who you were in another life, and all the, for me, that journey journey has just unlocked my understanding of history in a way. Uh, I mean. That's how I've been able to figure this whole thing out, is through personal memory and um, spending time in parks like this. Um, oh, this little dog is so cute. It's been, oh my gosh, you are so cute. Oh, oh my goodness. I think I'm probably going to get more animals. Um, so today, I will be knocking that out with some, uh, since it's Latin, I figure follow the Latin tradition and mix that up with, um, so I'm going to do, instead of um, like a mushroom burger, I'm going to do mushroom uh, soft shell tacos, right? And I put that in there with the sliced up uh, halloumi and maybe some peppers, maybe some tomatoes and some onions. And it really has such a distinctive, amazing flavor. Let's see if I could give you a little bit more about it. In English, halloumi is derived from the modern Greek. Uh, halloumi, let's see what else. Uh, the methods of making halloumi cheeses, such as feta, likely originated sometime in the medieval Byzantine period. Um, AD 395. Okay, anyway, you don't need to know all of that. Uh, let's see. So it says, farmers relied on halloumi as a source of protein, and in many villages, the entire community would join forces to make huge batches of it. Recipes varied from village to village, taking great pride in their own secret ingredients. It became so important to the village life that even after surnames of many uh, Cypriot families reflect their role in halloumi production with names such as halumas and haluma and halumakis. Um, it's, it has a distinctive layered texture similar to mozzarella and has a salty flavor. It's stored in its natural juices. It's commonly garnished with mint, uh, with mint, a practice based on the fact that the halloumi keeps better and stays fresher um, and more flavorsome when you wrap it in the mint leaves. Um, 
and that's why it may the taste might have some fragments of mint on the surface of the cheese. Um, it's often used in cooking, and it can be fried until brown uh, without melting because it has a, a higher melting point. It's excellent cheese for frying or grilling this summer. Whatever it is that you're cooking outside, this halloumi is the bomb. You can't get your hands on that. Check out some of the South American cheeses that I feel like are just basically... Spanish halloumi. <laughs> anyway, it's really, really good. Um, and I'm going to have some really great recipes for you guys this summer. Um, one that I just started making that I absolutely love. Um, I hope you guys, by the way, had a fantastic um, July 4th weekend. It seemed like people did. Um, and so over the weekend, I made this... Um, this it's called sweet sweet chicken italian sausage spaghetti and it sounds as good as it it it, it tastes as good as it sounds um i i get this i get the meat the protein from hello fresh and i have looked everywhere for this sweet italian chicken sausage and i will tell you that their version i think tastes the best um, in terms of meat, I don't eat a lot of meat, and I really, I'm not even a big chicken lover, but it was so flavorful, um, it was just delicious, that's all I'm going to tell you, and so what did I do, it was very, very lean, um, which is, which I like, you can prepare your sweet Italian chicken sausage, oh yeah, you can prepare your sweet Italian chicken sausage in a multitude of ways, you can make meatballs, uh, you can chop it up like chopped meat, um, anyway, do that, slice up whatever you're going to have, uh, like onions or peppers, I really like to use, love to use shallots over onions, that is the combination of, um, of, uh, onion and the, uh, Oh my goodness, um, it's totally slipping me. Anyway, uh, shallots, they're fantastic. Okay, hey, it's Kyla Powers, and I'm back. And I uh, actually did two intros for today. Um, some things had to get done. We may be moving out of this house. We may be doing a lot of different things. And uh, we got to get packing, and we got to get things organized. And really, it's an opportunity for us to use up stuff that we've been keeping and save us a lot of money and, you know, trying to buy food and everything else until we go, let's eat up what we got, basically. Uh, wow, that's a large, loud horn. Okay, so anyway, what did I wanted to say? Um, so yeah, so today we're going into, um, I'm calling it the $10 meal. For four plus people because when I look at this veggie burger recipe that you're going to get somewhere on this broadcast um, really I only used one zucchini one bag of broccoli um, some bread um, and breadcrumbs that I made from from uh, other bread that I had that went you know you can take stale bread and make your breadcrumbs and not be buying breadcrumbs 
Um, so that's a cool thing. So basically everything that I used, I think from Trader Joe, um, the two boxes of um, beans or hummus, I think it was $2 a piece. I really think that you can probably make this burger for about $10. And I, I, I got like more than 10 burgers out of it um and you'll get creative and you'll be able to stretch it the one thing i didn't tell you that i added somehow i got my hands on some black mushrooms and that was interesting because i didn't even know i didn't even know anything about any uh black mushrooms um but i found black mushrooms and um that was kind of cool um got the name of it I just looked it up anyway I've got so many things in my head but uh, they had an interesting texture a little bit chewier, chewier than regular mushrooms but in terms of the visual with the black bean you know some people are very funny like you make them something they'll be like that is green and that looks weird or whatever with kids you know um, with the vegetables you know you can you can really be artistic with it you can go as artistic as you want add a tomato make it look good you know when you figure out what consistencies you like you can start to make it look more and more and more gourmet so really you can feed four plus people on ten dollars you can do it um and like i said all of these meals can be uh converted into a breakfast or into a lunch and you can do the same thing and what I was saying about uh, mothers that you know you come home you're so tired and I know when I sometimes I come home I'm so tired I do not want to cook mobilize those children you know what I'm saying like if you got to make dinner how many other kids that you have let them help you Get them chopping something, get them rinsing something, get them cleaning something, get them doing it so that guess what? By the time they have to do it, they will have done it. You will have transferred all of your stories, all of your recipes. Oh, you know, grandma made it this way. If you are if you come from a, a, a certain culture where you have different um, culinary, you know, favorites and family recipes, that's the time to get it. When I'm, when I'm thinking about my mom, I think about those times when she was, or my aunt, my aunts, plural, you know, most of the, the stories that they shared with me is at those times where I was watching them cook or they let me do something. And it's, it, it's kind of turned into, for a lot of people, mom or dad is in there cooking, kids are, you know, playing or whatever, and then everybody eats separately together or whatever let's let's get together around you know cooking it's one of those things that can bring us back to human human communication and sharing and being mindful and aware of what we're putting into our bodies oh well why are we eating this mommy well maybe we can get we can get this next time and that helps us not to be like uh you know getting stuff on the fast, on the run, because we didn't plan it, we didn't get to talk about it, you know. So here's another amazing thing that happened this week. Uh, I think it's pretty cool. Um, I want to get you some good music on here. Um, we, 
were trying to figure out what to get my cat because, you know, it costs money. Like, you know what I'm saying? It costs money. And, uh, you know, I realized that I'm giving him all of this, um, you know, I'm giving him all of this um, refined foods, you know, I'm giving him, uh, what is it? I mean, his certain things that he absolutely loves, uh, friskies, fancy feast and all this kind of stuff. And I mean, I guess if, if for convenience or whatever, you know, you can do that. But I was like, we have all this uh, fresh food. And here's another thing. If you, if you okay, have stuff in the refrigerator, again, like I said, that is about to go bad or uh, you didn't use it and you don't think you're going to use it. Like we had this ground turkey meat. It's like raw turkey meat and it's fantastic because... Um, Basically, they just put everything of the whole turkey through a grinder and everything is in there. The bones, the fat, the everything is in there. And um, and it's fantastic for my cat. So they, they can eat raw foods like that. So I was like, hmm, I can make this cat food instead of spending 20 and $30 on this cat food every day. You know, and I looked, as long as it doesn't have the nitrates, um... It could be really healthy, you know, and we have pork in there. We got lots of turkey. And so I think you were bad. My little cat has been bad. Anyway, we're going to have to have a talk after this. But um, so what did I end up doing? A lot of people are afraid. Well, if I go through all this uh, energy to make this cat food, is he going to eat it? You know, and I was a little scared, but what I did was, uh, I cut his regular friskies, you know, like I started with, yeah, about a quarter of a can and I mixed it up with that tuna and they like multiple tex textures. So I took some of that dried food, mixed it up in there and he is so full and he eats it and he's, I wanted to put him on a diet cause he's getting a little fat. You know, he's laying around. So I'm giving him less food to eat, a little bit less. And um, he ate it right up. He really did. And I've even found out that cats can have vegetables. So there's certain vegetables that they can eat. Uh, carrots, green beans, bro steamed broccoli. They can have those things. So... I know that they do need the fat and they do need their carnivores. They need that for health. But in order to, um, to help him lose weight and to also stretch the food out, um, you can incorporate these things. Zucchini is even okay. So for taste, uh, they say you can crush up temptations. Um, right now I'm using the dry food, but you can crush up the temptations and put it in there. Um, if you have a grinder, you can grind your own, you know, meat down or whatever. But I'm just gonna tell you, I started making this homemade cat food. He is happier than ever. It's saving me from going to Costco's. And, you know, I kinda do feel good that he is having uh, 
healthy, you know, having a healthy, healthier meal, you know, and not so processed foods. And it's going to, it's going to make him healthier. There he is sitting there. Okay. So I just wanted to, uh, tell you all about that. I was so excited and, uh, I just love to like hit my goals. Oh my God. I'm so happy. Um, so anyway, uh, if anything else occurs to me, uh, I will share it on the episode. Okay. Next, we're probably going to get into, uh, some soups and lighter fare as the season gets warmer. We don't need to be eating all these heavy meals and stuff. So we'll talk about that later and I will, uh, keep progress on my cat and see, uh, let's see if he loses some weight. Okay. Kyla Powers Radio. Um, I thought that was interesting. We also had a migrant uh, aid ship that was um, on the land um, being arrested off the coast of Italy um, after trying to um, bring 40 migrants, um, um, African migrants into Italy. And this was um, uh, Carola Rackety, 31-year-old captain, uh, was escorted off the boat and handcuffed and arrested um, after going against the Italian immigration um, block that they're stopping the transportation of migrants from Africa into Italy. And so that was stopped. Another thing that's very interesting is we have An- Angela Merkel, right, being seen shaking constantly in her interviews lately, like she has some sort of neurological or nervous system disease. Um, interesting. Uh, looks a lot like, um, oh, maybe Hodgkinson's disease or something, something where she's seen holding and shaking um, during a lot of these photo ops, even at the G20. Um, before the G20, Angela Merkel is suffering from something. Again, we'll probably never know what. And um, yeah, I'm going to go on from there. So let's get into Marion Williamson, although I think I wanted to say one more thing. No, we'll leave it there. Okay, so uh, A Course in Miracles, Marion Williamson, she was the candidate that was um, from another frequency, <laughs> right, in the debates. And we wish it was true in a way. We wish that she was of a hel- higher elevation that coming from a a, um, I don't know, more evolved plane of existence to, to bring something in. But I think anybody who watched that debate on Thursday night knew that Marianne Williamson of A Course in Miracles fame um, seemed sort of drugged or something. She was something. She was not fully present and um, spouted off her rhetoric around love, around concentration camps, around kidnapping of children like all this baloney and that she was going to meet President Trump on the on the plane (laughs) the fighting field with love I mean it was ridiculous comments and um, very inappropriate really because it was so out there uh, without any context which is what gave us all the feeling like Marion Williamson's on drugs when we watched the debates and of course this is her second time running for president and people need to understand that the Course in Miracles is steeped in um, CIA uh, activity that comes from the early MKUltra uh, development. <laughs> 
They're faking it now. They're faking about the deep fakes. I think they're all fake to keep us distracted. Well, he's faking. He's dealing with our national security. What the? I mean, is everything in the whole country? She acts like she's had a lobotomy. Um, it's like an onion, but it's only it's sweeter and it's smaller. And I like how it browns, and I love it's that little sweet taste peeks through. Um, whenever any kind of pasta dish that you're trying to make, it's really nice. In terms of the sauce, um, I didn't use a, t- a typical tomato uh, spaghetti sauce. Actually, that's what I had. And if you have that, and you're like, gosh. This pureed tomato is just so boring. You know, what can I do to give it more flavor? Um, What you can do to give it more flavor is uh, you can turn it into a vodka sauce. So if you have any kind of sour cream, you mix a bit of that uh, into your tomato puree. You know, stir it in. And then you slowly... By taste, add in the vodka and you stir it, maybe it's some salt, okay? And then you taste it and you can make your own perfect vodka sauce. Because I was in the store and you know what was totally crazy? I was looking at the prices for a bottle of uh, vodka sauce and the, the best ones were like seven, you could pay even $10. For uh, homemade vodka sauce, and I wasn't trying to have it. I was like, "There's got to be a way for me to do this myself." And I know we have a lot of a lot of people are preppers, and um, you want to have quick meals and stuff like that. If you've got all your prep stuff, and one thing that we have a lot of that we've stored a lot of are the um, different types of uh, pureed tomatoes or roasted tomatoes or just the pulp of tomato. There's all different kinds of ones that you can get and they're relatively cheap. You bust that out, okay? You put in your sour cream, you add in some some sea salt, and you add in your vodka uh, to taste. And then you take all of your, your sliced up sauteed shallots and your peppers or whatever else you're going to add. And then you take your your finished prepared meatballs, your sweet Italian chicken sausage meatballs, and you add them uh, to you add them to your uh, your sauce. And I will tell you that in terms of a lot of people use uh, they use penne when they use vodka. And I'll tell you. In the winter, that is like one of my favorite things, penne a la vodka. I absolutely adore it. But let me tell you, in the heat, I'll tell you, it it felt like, it felt a little, uh, it was a little heavy for me, you know? And I I wasn't really, uh, I wasn't really, wasn't really happy with that, um... So I, I ended up wasting two bowls of penne, and I hate to waste food, but it literally was just too heavy. I like to save the penne and the heavier pastas 
for uh, the winter. You know, it feels you really get uh, full and you feel nourished. That's when I make my soups. And uh, I'll have some great recipes on here. Um, at, you know, as the weather changes, I'll be giving you different uh, recipes and how to flavor them and stuff like that. But what I found is really for the vodka sauce, I really, really like the um, linguine fini, the, the, the thin linguine, better than the spaghetti. I like it better than... Um, I like it better than any pasta. It's ve- and and I I liked it better than the angel hair is too thin. You know, you like to have a little bit of a substantial taste in the pasta so that you can really get a texture uh, for the sauce and then the, the the chicken that's that's wound up in there. And I'll just tell you, if you make this recipe the way that I just said, you prepare your sweet Italian chicken sausage. Say it fast five times. Um, prepare that. Prepare your favorite pasta, prepare your add-ins, and then you make your your vodka sauce. I like to just have the vodka sauce ready, but, you know, it's so fast. It's so fast. While the noodles are preparing, the chicken cooks up really, really fast. The the meatballs cook up fast, and the, uh, the sauce is like, you can do all of this. You literally can do this in 10 minutes. It's a 10-minute meal. It's fast. It looks phenomenal. And my dad, who's very picky, um, loved it, you know. And he loved it even when I didn't have the HelloFresh sweet Italian chicken sausage. I just had regular chicken sausage. Um, But the Italian part of it is what makes it so special. The Italian flavors, the, the Italian flavors of the herbs. Uh, so you could get some Italian seasoning, and if you just have regular chicken sausage, you can you can you know add add your Italian seasoning to it, and you might get this you might get a close enough taste. Um, but that's what really gives it its unique flavor. And if you have a choice, and you can look for it, look for sweet Italian chicken sausage. I'm telling you, there's nothing like it. It's very light. It's a really nice meat for the summer, um, as opposed to like a heavier beef. If, if you're not, if your family's not big meat eaters, I'm not a big meat eater at all. Um, but I have anemia and every, uh, once in a while I have to have that protein or I will, you know, usually feel extremely weak. So, um, you can modify this recipe if you don't have the sweet Italian chicken sausage. Um, you can use uh, ground meat and prepare it as you would uh, spaghetti. And again, I would not leave out the Italian seasonings. Uh, grilled halloumi on uh, on bread that has been toasted in garlic with a little bit of sea salt and whatever fresh herbs you have. That's very, very nice. Um, you can grill your vegetables on the side uh, and have that with it. And what I've been doing, because uh, you know I'm not one to let go to the store and buy a bunch of pre prepackaged drinks because I know they have like a lot of sugar in it. And I in the heat I really start to feel the sugar. So what I've done is, luckily we've been blessed with a lot of fruit. And what I'll take is you know because I don't want to do a whole lot of work every time I sit down to eat. I bust out, you know, a pear, some strawberries, whatever vegetables I can get my hands on. And you just get a handful, okay? Clean it, 
uh, slice off any parts that need to be thrown out and you puree it in some really cold water and uh, or if you have ice put the ice in there but I just keep the cold water in the fridge and then um, that's my blended drink and you can add a little bit of sugar if you want um, my dad gets these little packets uh, that have different vitamin mixtures in it you know like let's say if you had like an airborne packet you know that's also a great idea to have like a flavored drink if you want to have it with your dinner um, let's see there was some other things I wanted to tell you about the dinner um, so also what I'm knocking out with this cheese I'm gonna attempt something even though this South American halloumi like cheese um, is very similar in texture um, to halloumi I am going to attempt <laughs> to make cheesecake out of it and it has a little bit of a salty taste so I'm wondering if I can flip that taste and you know really actually use it to enhance flavor uh, instead of detract flavor I'm not using cream cheese I'm gonna be turning the South American cheese into um, I'm in sub sub substituting it for the uh, for the sour cream and I think it's gonna come out really interesting I'm really loving cooking uh, this year and um, what else did I want to tell you guys in deep state intelligence um, it really comes out of Nazi Germany speaking of speaking of all this stuff that is running our country through social engineering entrainment to technology um, mind washing of entire generations through um, higher education and now it's gotten into uh, way 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 more so into lower education and now into elementary school this um, absolute mind control of children to now where we see where we've gotten to into the public domain where people do not know their history and only know how to spout these they're not even spiritual tenets anymore they're literally identity politics or devoid of any kind of historical um, uh, place and time referencing it just literally is talking points that they're getting from teachers in MSM but Course in Miracles was literally came out of um, it started in, in the 1950s and it had to do with Dr. William Thetford William Thetford was connected with Project Bluebird and this is the precursor to MK Ultra, and he was out of uh, Columbia University. Now he had a research assistant named Helen Schumann, and Dr. Schumann, she was a research psychologist who worked for William Thetford at Columbia. Now this is where Marion Williamson comes out of in relation to this whole situation. The course, as it was called, in Miracles was added later, but the course was basically the voice in the head of this woman, Dr. Helen Schumann, who had a sort of, after working with Dr. William Thetford, who was, walking, who was working with the CIA on Project Bluebird, had been working with her, Dr. Schumann, for about seven years before she started 
and they were, ha they were kind of at odds. They didn't really get along at the Columbia University. And so this was 1958. And then Dr. Schumann, uh, one night on the way home, okay, on the subway, has this really strange, weird epiphany, uh, spiritual experience where she believes that she sees Jesus Christ and then Jesus starts talking to her and she starts to um, basically hear Jesus and write down what Jesus says, okay? And this is all very interesting because Project Bluebird, um, of course, was all about manipulating mental states, altering brain function. It was the precursor to MKUltra. And of course, MKUltra was about creating Manchurian candidates. What? <laughs> Marion Williamson. But literally through drugs and hypnosis, um, hypnotic codes and triggers. And it's gone way beyond that now to where on the technological plane, they can do it through frequencies, um, uh, brain waves, through EMFs, this whole thing, which is why 5G and the smart system is so important to them. Um, and of course, DARPA, the creation of uh, the internet, Wi-Fi, Facebook, all of it super intertwined through um, what came out of the Course in Miracles, which was absolutely aligned with the programming of the New Age movement. Now, um, I'll just also re remind everybody that the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative is working with things like um, memory, memory deletion, right, to help PTSD, um, to help addicts, all this stuff. Well, the precursor to that was these amnesic barriers that were, was created through MKUltra, destruction of the psychological um, uh, barriers of the mind, the natural mind, to create these hypnotic states whereby they could create their Manchurian uh, uh, states of mind. And so we have Dr. Helen Schumann, who absolutely hated the course she was as she as she translated it and as it came out she would at other times just rail against it saying how much she hated it hated it hated the book hated dr thetford all of this stuff all happening at columbia university so thetford um, worked in personality theory sub project 130 out of project bluebird and so she has the vision Dr. Schumann has the vision on the train, um, and then they work closely for several years listening to the voice, okay? And this becomes the course, all right? So now we're in the early 60s here, going through the 60s, and we have a Catholic father, Father Groschel, um, who works with Dr. Helen Schumann, and she'd been directly involved with the Catholic Church after her revelations of Jesus, but she was still a Jew and she didn't believe, she didn't, you know, she didn't, um, uh, you know, become Christian. Um, in fact, she thought that it was, she hated the damn book. That was the quote, I hate the damn book. And that's about the course. And she worked closely with Father Greshel because he was working on a dis dissertation on science and theology at Columbia. And so where science and theology come together. And so he was studying the course. Now, he quotes, um, uh, well, okay, Dr. G excuse me, Father Greshel, 
the Catholic priest who's doing the dissertation, his quote is that he thought that um, Dr. Thetford, the CIA Project Bluebird guy, was the most sinister man he'd ever encountered. And he said that he was also the most religiously atheist person he'd ever encountered. However, we have Dr. Thetford being enormously New Age, enormously about the Course, and this thing about hugely um, religiously atheist that very much translates into um, uh, satanic SRI. It, it translates into somebody who is part of a cabal, part of a, um, a deep network of um, uh, belonging to groups. Uh, halloumi fries, which sound delicious. A lot of you agree with me on Twitter. Thank you so much. But halloumi fries have just sort of sprung out of nowhere in the last couple of years. And I want to make my own homemade one. And it's so much better than mozzarella sticks, y'all. It's not as messy. It's just so much yummier. And I don't think it's as fatty for some reason. When it comes to recipes, I like to kill and keep them as simple as I can. But I'm going to lace these halloumi fries the context of making halloumi fries is extremely simple indeed, like ridiculous. We'll get Just be the halloumi, is it Lou you're looking for? And the flour, that's it. So to put it simply, uh, for halloumi fries, all you need is halloumi, flour, and oil to fry it in. Now, I've actually uh, not got much plain flour in the house, so I'm going to go some actual bread flour. It's, it's, it should be fine, that's my point. It's very easy. And on top of that flour, any... That should be yummy, actually, bread flour. You desire herbs, spices, all that stuff. Mwah! Make it your own. Right, so there is uh, a block of halloumi. And notoriously, uh, I found this really tricky to cut into even French fry shapes. So probably, out of the entire recipe, this might be the hardest thing. So it's quite a thick old block there. Uh, so if we halve that right down the middle, we should be able to cut it and get maybe two or three chunks. So it's about six or eight fries out of this. So all we're going to do is slice down that block. I'm going to go slow and steady. Oh, do you know what? It's starting to come apart anyway. I think it might be in two pieces or something. Still going to go steady. I want to try and uh, get it fairly even. Oh. I me was gardener. So you cut it up into shapes. So as I say, it's very similar to the uh, popcorn chip. Put the oil in the pan. You get that oil heated up. You cut those pieces of the cheese and you put it, uh, let's see if he does the paprika first. Let's see. The entire day. 30 grams, okay? This is 250 grams, almost 10 times that. They're a nice treat, but just because it's homemade, it doesn't really make it much healthier. All right, so. Oh, okay, it is a little fattening. Ha! Ah, so good. He rolls two in paprika. tablespoons of. He's rolling the halloumi in paprika and flour and, um, I guess exactly what you would use to make, uh, mozzarella sticks. And then, uh, he's coating it and then he's frying it up. And I gotta tell you, it looks good guys. Down onto there. I love this, the sort of pattern effect you get. Yeah. This is so delicious. Uh, this guy's name is Barry Lewis if you want to check yeah. his channel out. Remember, I, like, I like his simple explanation of what he's doing. Obviously let your oil cool down fully before you can go anywhere near it. Uh, and this 
it's time to serve it up. Stack them with a dip of your choice. As I say, these are best served still warm, so there's still a bit of wobble and movement in it. Otherwise, you might as well just take it straight out of the fridge. It's too cold. And there we go. Smoky paprika halloumi fries. And you know what I like? You can do it with so many... Whatever your favorite sauce is, whatever you like to put on salad dressing, that works. Um, whatever your dip for chips is, that's all good. Um, so, let me stop shouting to you. What's really great uh, is that this halloumi... If you don't have other kinds of cheese, it's just so tasty. And the taste is just so, um, it's so unique. So if you're making uh, hamburgers, uh, the halloumi is excellent. It's excellent on hamburgers. Uh, it's excellent on literally just anything. Let me see if there are any other awesome. Okay, I see people grilling halloumi. And you can use it with uh, the bar, put a little barbecue sauce in there. You can slice that up and then throw it on some salad. Maybe not throw it, <laughs> but put it on some salad. Um, someone's saying that this is a really great keto recipe is chili grilled halloumi. And that sounds really good. That sounds like amazing. Um, let's see if there's anything else. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. So you got my vodka sauce re recipe, really, really simple. It's really keeping it simple, fresh, and clean. Um, that's just the easiest way to cook. You can always uh, substitute and change your protein out. Um, I might give you my cheesecake recipe. I don't know. We'll see. Let's go back in with some You Are Free. Oh, no. I love this song right here. Oh, no. You know what time it is. What it is, what it do. <laughs> oh yeah, we're going in. Uh, we're going in with RFG. The song never fails. Here we go. That sounds dirty. <laughs> Do you like it down there? <laughs> hey everybody and welcome back to You Are Free TV. It is Monday, July 1st. We are into July. I want to say thank you to everybody. I will start with my disclaimer, which is that this video is for entertainment purposes only. It is protected by the United States Constitution, protecting free speech, as well as the Sullivan Act in reporting. It is not intended to bully or harass anyone and never to incite violence or hatred of any kind. And I always start by saying thank you. Thank you so much to my patrons who make this channel possible. Thank you so much for the wonderful uh, month of uh, uh, June. Uh, so appreciate the support. And we're entering in here July. We're going to have some great things going on. I'll talk about those more tomorrow. But thank you so much for your support. And there are other ways to support the channel below if you don't want to become a patron but if you do you get into entered into a giveaway and tomorrow I will announce the June giveaway winners all right folks so wow it's been an incredible few days we had uh, the entire uh, G20 over the weekend I talked a little bit about it on Saturday but uh, there's so much more to talk about but this video is primarily going to be about 
Um, the Course in Miracles and Marianne Williamson, the uh, candidate that was in the debates, strangely, on uh, Thursday, uh, in the second day. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about its connections to deep state government, um, MKUltra, intelligence agencies, the works, and why that is being put on the national stage. Um, however, I wanted to get into a little bit of news here first, which is that, of course, we had the strange, uh, well, not strange, the organized um, attacks over the weekend in Portland, Oregon, where we had multiple people attacked, uh, their skulls broken open by Antifa um, uh, combatants. This was in Portland, Oregon. We have the mayor doing nothing, telling the police force to stand down. We now have Ted Cruz, Senator Cruz, coming in asking for an FBI investigation, asking for uh, the mayor to be investigated around this. And it is really horrifying when you see that uh, people just being on the street, uh, talking about free speech, are getting labeled as Nazis, neo-Nazis, um, nationalists, white nationalists. Um, the MSM is uh, literally off their rockers. We have Brian Stelter in CNN analysts uh, saying that this is all for a good cause and they're out there, they're pissed off the black bloc fighting fascism in this country when we know that the co-founder, I did a video of this last month, called for a violent, um, uh, the start of a violent uh, approach to getting their agenda across, uh, the co-founder of Antifa, whose mentor is the uh, the head of the Communist Party in the United States, whatever that means. Now, I'll link it below and I'll link my video from last month below getting much more into who this guy is. And he's the one that really should be gone after, as well as the thugs that broke open skulls. An old man trying to help a gay man who was in a sundress getting attacked by Antifa. Um, a, a reporter getting attacked. Um, a uh, you know smallish Asian guy getting attacked. Um, this is crazy, and um, this is the this is the attempt to start these um, these massive disruptions in the street, which we'll probably see more and more. But um, we shouldn't take the bait on this. Um, and of course, Antifa said they're going to show up at the uh, free speech event that's happening in D.C. Pelosi. No, she just a robot. Well, I told them that she was and I gave them the breakdown. But these people. Is it is it your, your test for your eyes? No, why you keep talking about oh, my eyes? They keep, my oh, because they keep telling me I got to check your eyes. Tell them to okay. Okay. okay, okay, okay. Tell them my bowels. Oh. Uh, just so much at stake right now, and we really need to grasp that in the depths of our beings as Americans. And I want to say to that point that um, Luis Alvarez, he is the first responder, 9-11 first responder, who went into hospice last week after testifying before uh, the the Congress about getting uh, money to the first responders uh, to 9-11. That bill that John Stewart's been speaking out about, et cetera, waiting to get that money. They can, you know, 
billions for everything else, but we can't pay off the families of all those who died in the 9-11 first responders. He passed away. And so we want to say prayers to Luis Alvarez. Thank you so much for your service and to his family. And um, that, yeah, prayers for his safe passage. And, and um, thank you to all that he did to raise awareness, plus to show the people that whatever is the cancer that's killing the first responders to 9-11 uh, very much points towards the inside job of 9-11, the tactical nuclear weapons used, uh, the, um, the intensity of the cancer that proliferated for those people shows that what we've been told is not what's true. President Trump has said, I know what happened in 9-11. Let's hope that we get some um, disclosure on that soon. Independence Month would be a great month for that to happen, I believe. It would be the number one thing to rid our country of the deep state. I also want to let everybody know that there is a major solar eclipse happening tomorrow. It is a really big deal um, in that eclipses really tend to get into our deeper psyches. Um, as, to do with um, the subconscious, um, uh, this kind of thing. And so you might feel a lot of emotional upset or you might feel called to spend some inner speculative time to get connected with all the things that might be running through you, emotions, feelings, uh, desires, intentions. It's a good time to set new intentions towards what you really wanna be doing now. Um, as we go through the second AM rev here, it's a great time to renew your uh, purpose and your inner commitments and to rid out the old stuff that might have been weighing you down or uh, just kind of plaguing your days. Uh, this solar eclipse will probably bring up a lot of that stuff. So I really wanted to mention that. Be aware that tomorrow that's happening. And I've tried to link some stuff about that down below. Now, um, all right. So I want to get into a little news. I just mentioned the I'm going to get to the Marianne Williamson um, Course in Miracles CIA stuff in a moment. But of course, we have this continual, um, this ridiculous scene going on around this concentration camp at the border, Bologna. And AOC has been invited by a 93 year old Holocaust survivor. Um, his name is Ed Mossberg, and he uh, has. He's been a huge advocate of, he lost his entire family in the Holocaust in Nazi Germany. And he is from um, uh, Morris Plains, New Jersey. He's invited AOC to go to Auschwitz and other concentration camps in Germany with him, which he tours regularly and tries to teach people about fascism. I'm having a rough time with the one I have now, but if I had friends, for Biscuit, maybe it would be easier because he'd have little friends to play with. Um, but just, this is such a blessing for me to just be out in this weather. And um, like I said, anybody that has like any Lemurian or any Atlantean in you and you get by a body of water, it has such a powerful effect on you, so tranquil. It just, I don't know, I don't even know what the thing about me and water, but it's so healing for me just to even be near it. Like if I, if I make a move, if I make a transition in my life, 
I would love to be near the water. I, I just think, hi, Elvis. Carla. Hey, how you well, doing? My name's Carl. It's a tongue version of Carl. Oh no! You're just a never part of me. There you go. That's. I yeah, I come out of you. There we go. Bam. Explain it. Okay. And it's like it's so weird now because like if you're a person if you miss parks like you know when you're younger or whatever huh, right now I'm kind of dressed like a lady I'm not dressed like a kid but like and with these tatas maybe we forget that but anyway um, like adults can't really be in the park unless they got kids and so you gotta come when there's like events and stuff or whatever no it's really weird anyway um, near the water the water is great very very tranquil and uh, everything is just so beautiful. Everything is so beautiful. The children are having a ball. They're playing. What a great. Kids don't know how good they have it. They're doing some kind of uh, Tai Chi. Oh, this is great. I hope I can get this on uh, video. Yeah, put this audio with the video. And you guys can see it. We've got dodgeball going on out here. The old people are getting down in this park here. They are throwing elbows right now. i got to get this on video while I can. No, but I need to hit the laboratory. I'll be back. Uh, you are free. I got some other, hopefully, segments that you will find amusing. Uh, coming up on the Kyla Powers radio show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know. I found this. This is the new Dave Chappelle, but I don't know. This was act. This is the funniest thing I've heard him say, actually. Since he came back bigger. Doesn't it bring back good memories? <laughs> I forgot. How, I forgot how like just how polarizing that OJ case was. And you know, I've met OJ Simpson on four different occasions in my life. And before the end of the show, I will tell you about each of those occasions. <laughs> the first time I met O.J. Simpson, I was in Santa Monica. Santa Monica? Yeah. I can't believe a black dude was like, Santa Monica? He <laughs> was the last niggas I was expecting to say that. See your shoes. You got some bands on, nigga? What you got? <laughs> Santa Monica! At the time, I was 18. I had done a show, and then a guy from the club came up and was like, hey, O.J. Simpson's here, and he said he wants to meet you. I said, what? Fuck yeah. I ran down the steps, and O.J. was down there, he was like, hey, yo, man, how are you? It's good to meet you, and uh, you're doing really good work, and I hope 
Good things happen for you in your life. I was like, man, thanks, Mr. Jukes. <laughs> Standing beside him, well, I don't know the nice way to say this, uh, his soon-to-be slain wife. Oh my God. Ladies and gentlemen, man the fuck up or you're not gonna make it through the end of this show. Just man the fuck up. She's dead, you already know, we know what happened. You don't know who did it, but we know what happened. I should tell you that woman was very nice to me. She actually embraced me. She said, I think you're adorable. And she hugged me, she goes, good luck to you. And she held me for a long time. And I whispered in her ear, bitch, are you trying to get us both killed? <laughs> I'm just kidding, I didn't say that, but. That was the first time in a nutshell. The second time I met O.J. Simpson. was right after the trial of the century. There I was, now a young man of probably 23. O.J. Simpson was the most famous or infamous face on planet Earth. I was in a restaurant in Beverly Hills with my agents. I wasn't alone in the restaurant, but I was alone. I was the only black person in the restaurant. <laughs> and in the 90s, that felt very uncomfortable. Now I tend to enjoy it at this age. I was having dinner with my agents celebrating a deal that they told me was lucrative, but I later learned fucking sucked. <laughs> and suddenly, a group of women walked by. Every race was in that group. Black, white, Asian, Latina, white, white, and white again. They were all gorgeous. I watched them walk by. Then, I saw a familiar face. Al Collins, the man from the infamous Bronco Chase, walked by and embraced one of the women, and they walked towards the door. Couldn't believe what I saw. And then, close behind him, was O.J. Simpson, newly released from jail. The restaurant fell still. I was shocked. I didn't mean to say it out loud, but it just came out. <gasps> O.J. <laughs> he stopped. Turned around to see who said it. Saw my black face and correctly assumed it was me. I was sitting in the corner of the booth. He leaned over all the white people I was having dinner with and shook my hand. How are you, young man? He looked in my eyes and I could see in his eyes that he didn't remember meeting me the first time. <laughs> and then he walked away. And I looked back at my agents and all of them had nothing short of disgust on their faces. And the only one with the courage to voice their disgust was a woman named Sharon who used to represent me. How could you, she said. How could you shake hands with that murderer? I said, Sharon, with all due respect, that murderer ran for over 11,000 yards. <laughs> and he was acquitted, so, you know, fuck it. Glove didn't fit. Glove didn't fit. Get over yourself. The third time I met O.J. Simpson. 
I've done a little OJ Simpson, I was doing great in life. I just finished the second season of Chappelle's show. Man, those were good days. I was playing a comedy club in Miami, the Improv. I don't know if you've ever been, but if you have, you'd know. The door for the green room is right on the stage. Can you imagine such a thing? If I walked out of the door of the green room, bam, I'm just right here, right in the dressing room. And I did that. I walked out, and the whole crowd was like, hooray! And I looked, man, as close as you are to me, I saw him as soon as I came out, the Jews. And I saw recognition in his eyes and a filthy and pride that he knew who I was. I didn't acknowledge his presence because it was a white audience and I didn't want to start a panic. <laughs> but I did my show. Show went great. I said, good night, everyone. They all said, yay! And I didn't say nothing the old day, but I just gave a signal, let them know how I knew he was there. <laughs> and I walked into the green room and OJ was already in there. I was like, how the fuck is this possible? I was scared. And then my friends came in and we all started talking. We sat down on the couch. And I'm just telling you what I saw with my own eyes. You can believe me or not believe me. But in my experience, OJ Simpson, one of the nicest men I've ever met. He was nice to me. He was nice to my friends. The conversation was filled with warmth and levity, humor, and wisdom. We talked for 90 minutes and then suddenly the Jew said, you know what, I've got to be going. But it's good to see you again. And I'm glad things went so well. I said, thanks, Juice. And my friend said, yeah, goodbye, Mr. Juice. They're new to the game. <laughs> he said, no, thank you for your hospitality. Good night, guys. And he said, good night. And he just walked out the room. And as soon as the door closed, y'all looked at each other like, that nigga did that shit. <laughs> I can feel, feel like murder in the room. Wait, 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 wait. I forgot. The fourth time I met O.J. Simpson. The fourth time is not the funniest time, but it was the last time I'd see the juice. For some reason... I was at the Kentucky Derby. It's a very long story. This is right after I quit Chappelle's show in spectacular fashion. There was a party hosted by Michael Jordan, and every athlete I've ever admired was in that room. Yes. And then I saw a familiar face by the bar, standing there, drinking alone. It was Chris Tucker. Now... You have to remember, at this time, we were both technically missing. <laughs> and we went over and we're talking with one another and motherfuckers were amazed to see us together. Seeing me and Chris Tucker at that point would be like seeing Bigfoot riding a unicorn. <laughs> you wouldn't believe that's what you were saying. And then, through all the gawkers, familiar face pushing the crowd. Here he was again, the cheeks. He had his camera ready. He was like, Dave, Chris, good to see you guys. Hey, come on, guys. Let's all get together for a picture. And at the same time, me and Chris were like, no. <laughs> Sorry, Juice, my career is too flimsy to survive a picture with you. 
That's the end. Good night. <laughs> What's funny? What's that, that for, Daddy? I don't know what the fuck came in there. But you know what? That would be great for that window, too. This, this is going to be great going across my windshield. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, well. I could cut that easier than the one that you got. When we going to cut that? Or well, just so, fold it and it's fine. As just, a matter of fact, I thought this was the one that I had. Oh, maybe. But no, it's something. Came in this something. I don't know what it was. It looks good. I don't want him to come in here. That cat. Is he? No, he's in my room on the bed. Uh, what are you doing? I'd like to get in my room. Go find your toy and we'll play for a little piece. And then mommy will finish her show for today. Okay, that are practicing something other and are creating the mind control system that's coming into play. So we have then um, Greshel talking about A Course in Miracles, calling it a spiritual menace, um, that it literally was a plague upon um, society to create this false New Age concept. And we have Helen um, Schumann, who fell into what Greshel calls, he, became, he was a lifelong friend of hers after that point. And in the last two years, he was with her during her dying years. And, and Greshel said of Schumann in those last two years of her life that she went into a black hole of rage and depression. And that um, she, in the days that she was dying, literally dying, she was cursing the book. He said, worse than any, you know, drunken sailor. She would curse the book, say that goddamn book, it's the worst thing that ever happened to me. And so, folks, this is very similar to what happens to people who have been programmed, who have been um, victims of MK Ultra or um, satanic ritual abuse or disassociative states. And we had Dr. Cal Colin Ross, who was a, um, an expert psychiatrist in dissociative disorders or DID. Um, he's, he got tons of um, FOIA requests um, to get documents out of Project Bluebird and other things and he talks about that it was basically uh, done across the country associated with medical schools and leading psychiatrists and that prisoners and mental patients were experimented on with mind control and that it was absolutely systemic organized and interwoven throughout medical society um, and that it was connected very much with medical as well as psychiatric. And we know that that's after we have, excuse me, Project Paperclip and the Nazi doctors after the massive experimentation in the Holocaust coming over, that's where they had gathered the initial experimentation for these experiments, which then led into Blue Book, uh, Bluebird and MKUltra. And so, of course, now we have it enlarged to the entire population with what they're doing with social media um, MSM media control, as well as the flicker rates, the um, entrainment of the black mirror devices we all use, all of this being perfected through DARPA in what we now have going on in our daily lives and have to combat with our brains every day. So the, uh, these 
projects were funded by the CIA, Army, Navy, Air Force, um, Public Human Services, um, Scottish Rite Foundation. We get into the Shriners Children's Hospitals um, and it involved neurosurgeons, obviously. And then in 1975, okay, this is in uh, after Dr. Schumann had the Course in Miracles was out there. She signs over the copyright to the Foundation of Inner Peace, okay? And then they sign it over to Foundation for A Course in Miracles. All right, and that's what brings us to Marian Williamson in her very bizarre running for president and presentation of herself before Congress, uh, excuse me, before the American people um, on Thursday night. Now, very interestingly is the next year, Doctor 1976, Dr. Um, Schumann leaves the Columbia University. She never claimed royalties for any of this work, which was this downloaded Jesus encounter, listening to Jesus, and we all know the voice to skull technology, etc. Putting this all down for this Bluebird, Project Bluebird doctor, um, Dr. Um, uh, uh, Thetford, and then it starts getting into the schools all over the country. And this is very interesting to note as well, because we have, um, uh, well, in 2013, jump ahead some, we have Marion Williamson going on the Oprah show, um, teaching 365 ACIM, right? 365 days, A Course in Miracles on the Oprah and Friends. XM satellite radio um, and it's called a masterpiece of mind training um, thought not bound by constraints of time space or human organizational principles now it's interesting folks because around two thir 2013 we get a lot of other things going on too we have a lot of secret space program um, alternative views coming out we have a lot of corporations that are funded by the United Nations sustainability projects um, a lot of um, a lot of people coming on the scene on the sort of YouTube or um, alternative scene saying they're they're you know just connected with the different aliens the different this and that but around that time is where tons of funding and tons of shows tons of um okay hey it's Kyla Powers and I'm back and uh, <laughs> actually did two intros for today um, some things had to get done. We may be moving out of this house. We may be doing a lot of different things. And, uh, we gotta get packing and we gotta get things organized. And really, it's an opportunity for us to use up stuff that we've been keeping and save us a lot of money and, you know, trying to buy food and everything else until we go, let's eat up what we got, basically. Uh, Wow, that's a large, loud horn. Okay, so anyway, what did I wanted to say? Um, so yeah, so today we're going into, um, I'm calling it the $10 meal for four plus people because when I look at this veggie burger recipe that you're going to get somewhere on this broadcast, um, really, I only used one zucchini, one bag of broccoli, um, some bread um, and breadcrumbs that I made from 
from uh, other bread that I had that went, you know, you can take stale bread and make your breadcrumbs and not be buying breadcrumbs. Um, so that's a cool thing. So basically everything that I used, I think from Trader Joe, um, the two boxes of um, beans or hummus, I think it was $2 a piece. I really think that you can probably make this burger for about $10. And I, I, I got like more than 10 burgers out of it. Um, and you'll get creative and you'll be able to stretch it. The one thing I didn't tell you that I added, somehow I got my hands on some black mushrooms. And that was interesting because I didn't even know, I didn't even know anything about any uh, black mushrooms. Um, but I found black mushrooms and um, that was kind of cool. Um, I've got the name of it. I just looked it up anyway. I've got so many things in my head. But uh, they had an interesting texture. A little bit chewier, chewier than regular mushrooms. But in terms of the visual with the black bean, you know, some people are very funny. Like you make them something, they'll be like, that is green and that looks weird or whatever. With kids, you know, um, with the vegetables, you know, you can, you can really be artistic with it. You can go as artistic as you want. Add a tomato, make it look good. You know, when you figure out what consistencies you like, you can start to make it look more and more and more gourmet. So really, you can feed four plus people on $10. You can do it. Um, and like I said, all of these meals can be uh, converted into a breakfast or into a lunch. And you can do the same thing. And what I was saying about uh, mothers that, you know, you come home, you're so tired. And I know when I, sometimes I come home, I'm so tired, I do not want to cook. Mobilize those children. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you got to make dinner, how many other kids that you have, let them help you. Get them chopping something. Get them rinsing something. Get them cleaning something. Get them doing it so that guess what? By the time they have to do it, they will have done it. You will have transferred all of your stories, all of your recipes. Oh, you know, grandma made it this way. If you're, if you come from a, a, a certain culture where you have different, um, culinary, you know, favorites and family recipes, that's the time to get it. When I'm, when I'm thinking about my mom, I think about those times when she was, or my aunt, my aunts, plural, you know, most of the, the stories that they shared with me is at those times where I was watching them cook or they let me do something. And it's it, it's kind of turned into, for a lot of people, mom or dad is in there cooking, kids are, you know, playing or whatever, and then everybody eats separately, together or whatever. Let's, let's get together around, you know, cooking. It's one of those things that can bring us back to human, human communication and sharing and being mindful and aware of what we're putting into our bodies. Oh, well, why are we eating this, mommy? Well, maybe we can get, we can get this next time. And that helps us not to be like, uh, you know, getting stuff on the fast, on the run, because we didn't plan it and we didn't get to talk about it, you know. So here's another amazing thing that happened this week. Uh, 
I think it's pretty cool. Um, I want to get you some good music on here. Um, we were trying to figure out what to get my cat because, you know, it costs money. Like, you know what I'm saying? It costs money. And, uh, you know, I realized that I'm giving him all of this, um, you know, I'm giving him all of this um, refined foods, you know, I'm giving him, uh, what is it? I mean, his certain things that he absolutely loves, uh, friskies, fancy feast and all this kind of stuff. And I mean, I guess if, if for convenience or whatever, you know, you can do that. But I was like, we have all this uh, fresh food. And here's another thing. If you, if you okay, have stuff in the refrigerator, again, like I said, that is about to go bad or uh, you didn't use it and you don't think you're going to use it. Like we had this ground turkey meat. It's like raw turkey meat and it's fantastic because... Um, Basically, they just put everything of the whole turkey through a grinder and everything is in there. The bones, the fat, the everything is in there. And um, and it's fantastic for my cat. So they, they can eat raw foods like that. So I was like, hmm, I can make this cat food instead of spending 20 and $30 on this cat food every day. You know, and I looked, as long as it doesn't have the nitrates, um... It could be really healthy, you know, and we have pork in there. We got lots of turkey. And so I think you were bad. My little cat has been bad. Anyway, we're going to have to have a talk after this. But um, so what did I end up doing? A lot of people are afraid. Well, if I go through all this uh, energy to make this cat food, is he going to eat it? You know, and I was a little scared. But what I did was uh, I cut his regular friskies, you know, like I started with, yeah, about a quarter of a can and I mixed it up with that tuna and they like multiple tex textures. So I took some of that dried food, mixed it up in there and he is so full and he eats it and he's, I wanted to put him on a diet because getting a little fat, you know, he's laying around. So I'm giving him less food to eat a little bit less and um, he ate it right up he really did and I've even found out that cats can have vegetables so there's certain vegetables that they can eat uh, carrots green beans bro steamed broccoli they can have those things so I know that they do need the fat and they do need their carnivores they need that for health but in order to um, to help him lose weight and to also stretch the food out, um, you can incorporate these things. Zucchini is even okay. So for taste, uh, they say you can crush up temptations. Uh, right now I'm using the dry food, but you can crush up the temptations and put it in there. Um, if you have a grinder, you can grind your own you know, meat down or whatever. But I'm just going to tell you, I started making this homemade cat food. He is happier than ever. It's saving me from going to Costco's. 
and you know I kind of do feel good that he is having a healthy you know having a healthy healthier meal you know and not so processed foods and it's gonna it's gonna make him healthier there he is sitting there okay so I just wanted to uh, tell you all about that I was so excited and uh, I just love to like hit my goals oh my god I'm so happy um, so anyway uh, if anything else occurs to me uh, I will share it on the episode okay next we're probably gonna get into uh, some soups and lighter fare as the season gets warmer we don't need to be eating all these heavy meals and stuff so we'll talk about that later and I will uh, keep progress on my cat and see uh, let's see if he loses some weight okay Kyle Powers Radio corporations started showing up around big time influence with secret space program um, and the you know crystal kingdoms all of this that have been tracked back to CIA funding Blackstone group funding um, big time Blackstone we get um, oh excuse me Blackrock we get Blackrock everywhere okay these are the biggest funders all right um, these are the the most elite of the elite fund these projects and I'll get more into that in the next video I'm not going to go too much more longer but um, after that 2013 we see A Course in Miracles getting into all kinds of schools um, called Conscious Discipline and it's in Head Start schools, daycare systems, Christian schools, Montessori schools. Um, we have this issue about um, um, belief that no, nothing is evil, no one is evil, uh, there should be no punishment. Um, and that everything is acceptance and love and um, banishment of fear. Okay, we have this real change in um, folks, people's normal response to, um, to danger, to um, uh, traditional values. But even more than that, this, um, this ability, this, this indoctrination to leave yourself vulnerable, open, um, and uh, to have no boundaries, okay, to have no healthy boundaries comes through very, very much in this, um, in this scenario. Now, we have one of the people very involved in this educational um, part of A Course in Miracles getting into schools was Carol Howe, and she was a very good friend of the CIA guy, Dr. Bill Thetford, who put the voice in the head of Dr. Helen Schumann from the CIA and she wrote a biography about him called Never Forget to Laugh Personal Reflections of Bill Thetford co-scriber of A Course and that's of course what became A Course in Miracles and that love is letting go of fear now this is psychic warfare okay it is a form of energetic black magic um, upon the population using the reversal where we're taught to think that the opposite of what we think is real is real so that when you see danger you're supposed to love it away okay meanwhile affecting thousands and thousands and thousands of people to believe that their boundaries aren't real that they're supposed to love 
that evil figure that shows itself to them instead of fighting back, having good self-defense, and the list goes on. So I'm going to stop there. Um, this gets further into what came up later. We get into the secret space program. We get into things like we're seeing now with the, uh, you know, to the stars academy, the blue chickens, you know, the, the whole Gaia Corp situation. And I won't get too far into that now, but um, these are all the same people funding all of these developments across the board. And people need to use their brains and um, understand that um, the golden rule, uh, there's a much older code of ethics, code of values that comes in and it shouldn't be stripped away. So I'll just end with that we had President Trump going and shaking the hand of Kim Jong-un. Um, very good. Of course, we had immediately Elizabeth Warren and everybody else tearing it down that, um, you know, we don't need handshakes and photo ops. We need blah, 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 blah. When we literally are seeing out of the G20 some of the um, huge success around um, the reshaping of what was being done through deep state destruction of our country and what might be happening on the international stage with restoring um, the possibility of international peace. So I'm going to leave it there. You are free. Thanks for supporting the channel. If you want to support the channel, there's ways to do so below. Uh, become a patron. I'll announce the giveaway from June tomorrow. And um, uh, you are free, folks. We've got a, we're here in July. I love Liberty Month. It's my favorite. So we're going to have a lot of fun in July. I really appreciate you watching the show. We'll see you tomorrow. I wanted to tell you guys, we're in some, you know, possibly challenging days, but this is one of the best times of my life. I feel like I've really been able to uh, spend time with my dad, and my dad is so fun. He, he is just so fun, you know, and getting to know him and hanging out with him and being able to preserve his talent and his comedy on my show. Uh, I don't know if I'm ever going to have children, but I feel like the comedy that we do together, it's a very special bond and I feel like I will have it, I will have it forever, you know, and uh, very, very, very precious thing to me. I really appreciate it. And um, being here with my dad, I lived with my mom for a long time and I took care of her. I was her caretaker. Believe me, that was a full-time job. But what was wonderful is that she also was very creative. And we were creating together all the time. And I kind of miss those times now. But I finally started sewing, you know. And I love, I love creating and I love designing. And um, I really haven't uh, sat down to do it in an orthodox fashion. I know what the right way to do things are, but that kind of part of me that kind of wants to be like, you know what, I, I like doing this in this random way. It's kind of funny to me. I don't know, there's like comedy in it for me. I'm doing that, you know, and um, I'm actually loving, loving creating all this stuff. So cooking, making this stuff, spending time with my cat, I'm loving it. Um, 
I hope people really enjoy this summer and do things that do things that you absolutely love. Um, a lot of people would be like, "Oh, you could go here, you could do that," you know. Oh, if the company is not healthy company that is about seeing you bloom and grow, you could skip it. If you know being outside is a bunch of bugs, that's not so great either. You can have a great time anywhere. And that's one of the great things I think that my mom always taught me is that you can make every moment just absolutely incredible. And um, I live for doing that. I really, really do. I'm so grateful for everything that I have. I feel like, you know, I don't know who I'm going to meet. I don't know what's going to happen, but I feel like I'm really growing into the woman that, that I always thought that I would be, you know, as a creator. I know that there's anything that I can dream of that I can manifest it and create it. And that's so stimulating and um, motivating for me. You know, it's like a momentum that you can just ride from, you know, successful success to success. So I'm really excited about it. I have a lot of cleaning to do, but I'm crazy happy. And I will tell you that I'm extremely happy to be able to provide the news for you uh, and to do this. I absolutely love that providing the news. Um, it's a lot of fun for me. So we're going to go back in with 